Hello and welcome to this Head Talks podcast. I'm Terry Stiasny and I've been speaking to Terence the Teacher, a man who's overcome great adversity in his own life and is now using what he's learned to help teach others. Hi, I'm Terence the Teacher and I'm currently teaching mindfulness at the Wellness Clinic in Harrods. I'm also a registered clinical hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner. So I understand you started your career working more on physical fitness. How did you come to realise the importance of the mind as well as the body and start to make that what you began to teach as well? As a personal trainer, I was very lucky to train under ex-Mr. Universe, a guy called Reg Park. And the program that we were taught was something called Ladies or Women on Weights. And it was introducing weight training programs to the female client base. And what we found is that for some reason, I did much better than a lot of the other trainers who were were much more conventional bodybuilders and tough guys training and looking the part where I was much smaller, but fit. And the question was raised, why do you think you do better? And when they asked it to the clients, it was because he listens to us and he listens to our problems and our issues. And sometimes if I feel in a certain way, he will actually change the training program according to my feelings. And I just had this awareness that the person's state of mind can often dictate how the body responds, but also the amount of effort that they prepare to put in or can put in on that day. And that then suddenly in my mind thought, um, woke up the idea, the brain plays a very important part in how we physically respond. And I wanted to know more. And the first step I took was learning Pilates, which was all about breath and control of breath and the core. And after that, I really knew there was even more than just breathing. And that's when I went into clinical hypnosis, which really looks at the core of the mind. And it's the subconscious as well as the conscious thought processes. So not only did I get to the core of the body structure, but also the mind structure. And then the results was unbelievable. Why do you think that approach works what is it that you found about hypnosis in particular that helps people to resolve the problems they come to you with so the way we learn is through repetition 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 and that's how a habit gets created and then you sit with the person and the you know their actions in hypnosis when you take someone into a relaxed state you're working with the thought processes the neurons in a similar way that they would be firing when the person's out there learning themselves. But in an hour or two hours or three hours, depending on how you spread it, through repetitive statements, obviously devised in a therapeutic way, you can get those same neurons firing more often and quicker. And therefore, something that could take years for a person to build up in their brain can take an hour or two. And that's when I realized that there's really power in hypnotizing someone and getting them to that state where you can then access the brain and then help them achieve those goals that they want to achieve. I've got a philosophy is don't focus on what you don't want, but focus on what you do want. So there are therapists and especially in hypnosis that will do regression work and they will go back. And I think there's other types of therapies that do the same. I can do that, but actually how I structure it is you sit with me and you tell me, who is it that I want to be? How is that going to look? How would that be? How would that feel? And we create basically a script around that new you. And that's the part that I share with your subconscious. And that's the part then that I repeat 
in the hypnotic state over and over and then you find that the person wakes up and suddenly they'll go say for instance with weight loss i've had people that walked away from me and they'll go suddenly i just love the taste of water more but i mentioned that in the script or they'll go i chew my food very slowly i don't know where it comes from but again i mentioned that in the uh, script that i did with them because the subconscious picked it up and then before you know it becomes part of the way they think so for me it's about looking forward and working on the person they want to be i don't go back into the past really you yourself though had a very difficult childhood and a difficult upbringing how has that informed what you do now and what effect has that had and have you used any of these techniques yourself to as you say to get to get past that and to become somebody different yeah i think it's precisely because of my past because one of the things that i did as a child is i always said to myself in the difficult circumstances that i was growing up in that if i just kept on going one more minute one more hour one more day it would get better and that's how i motivated myself and i never ever looked back but always believed in the future outcome and that the future outcome would be something that i would love and that would be great for me and if I look at where I am now, I feel that I live an amazing life that I've you know, managed to create. I feel very grateful. And in no ways can I look back and then use that as an excuse. I can only look forward and go, everything that has happened maybe made me strong enough, made me who I am. But it's by looking forward that I got where I am today. It's not by looking back. So I'm going to ask you to look back for a, for a moment, if you don't mind. But so can you tell me a bit more about what happened to you as a child? My mother was killed in a domestic violence um, situation. I was two months old and they found me on the body. It was, I think it was more towards me and she protected me. I survived. She didn't. And also my grandmother was also stabbed. But the whole situation wasn't that great, the family situation admittedly most probably not a very wealthy background and so the state after a long court case decided to remove me from the family surroundings that i was in and one of one of the judges in the end in his summary just said by taking him away from this family i'm hoping that i'm giving him a second chance and i think i think he did because yes it wasn't easy i went to an orphanage and care and a lot of foster care etc but it was it felt like every time i went to someone else or every time i went back to the orphanage it was like oh something new something different maybe another chance maybe this would be my parents maybe this would be my moment my moment actually came only once i was an adult and i stood on my own two feet but that was okay because i was there and i was waiting for it but as you say you managed kind of one step at a time to keep moving forward and that is obviously something that I suppose it informs the way you teach other people, the way you help other people to overcome difficulties. 100%. I do think that, you know, we live in a false fantasy world where we think that life has to be perfect. Um, when I studied mindfulness, which is what I added to what I now teach, um, John Kabat-Zinn, who is the mod modern father of mindfulness, wrote a book called Full Catastrophe Living. And that is what this life is. You know, it's not supposed to be this perfect and then they marry and they live happily ever after we are ill we are healthy we are happy we are sad we gain things we lose things and if we can accept that and if we can understand that that's just part of the process 
to have a heartbeat it has to have the up and it has to have the down without it there's no heartbeat now i had two heart attacks quite um four years ago or actually um, cardiac arrest so my heart stopped for 20 minutes and that's when i started focusing on this concept of the heart going up and down and that's what makes life what it is it is the ups and downs but what we have to learn is in that in-between state to be okay to be full of gratitude to understand why we can be grateful so that when the highs come we can you know roll with them and when the lows come we can deal with them when somebody comes to you with as you say any lots of different kinds of problems that you treat or issues say weight loss or anxiety or whatever it might be what is your approach when you're talking to somebody and trying to decide how to what's the best way to treat them so yeah so you've got to obviously get to know the client and see what is their relationship with whatever the presenting problem is but people that come to see me they know i use hypnosis as well as nlp as well as mindfulness because yes i can do some of the work with you when you're in my office and with nlp i can help you to restructure sentences words help you to create statements of intent of where it is that you want to go through mindfulness and teaching you the mindfulness meditation concepts i know because science has now told us i'm changing your brain physiologically as well so you have three things you know that i'm offering you in my session and we will use all of that to help you change and the hypnosis will get to the core core thoughts and belief systems the mindfulness will help you change obviously your brain and your brain structure and then we, we have the nlp which gives you something much more practical to grab onto and to start changing yourself because the person has to be part of the process i'm just a facilitator one of the reasons why i'm called terence the teacher i never because i was always worried that therapist it puts you in a box guru puts you in a different box but it's because of teachers that I'm here today because they would say, try this. Have you tried that? Have you tried this approach? Maybe do this a few times and see if it works. And that's what I want to try and do with my clients is give them some of the principles that I know that works, but then they figure out what works for them. And then we're on this journey together and hopefully, you know, help them to achieve whatever that goal is. So are there different combinations of methods that work for different people really according to their personality the first thing i always know is that when people come to me it's often the last resort especially with hypnosis because up to the reason it was quite alternative even though i know i'm clinically trained as a therapist but they've tried a lot of things they've gone to aa they've done you know some of them have been on medication and come off they know what hypnosis is or what it's not that they want to know and they want to give it a try with mindfulness on the other hand it is at the moment what I call the hashtag. Um, for me, it's a personal thing that changed my life and that's why I can teach it with conviction. And when a person sits with me, by the time they leave, I believe and I often see it, people are fully on board as well into this mindfulness process because mindfulness is what you take home with you for the rest of your life. And if you can put that into your lifestyle, you can change your life 100%. You said that mindfulness changed your own life. What techniques do you still use now if you're feeling overwhelmed or in a difficult situation now and you're trying to look forward? So there's um, a lot of different forms of meditations, but in my practice, I use the breath meditations, which is also used in the mindfulness-based stress reduction program that John Kabat-Zinn actually taught or teaches. And 
I use breath as my form of resetting. I use breath as my form of calming down. I use breath as my meditation. I use breath when things going on in my mind and I know I need to try and quieten it. There's a very popular one called the 7-Eleven breath and they use it even in the NHS and it's with people for panic attacks. So when people have panic attacks, um, obviously there's a lot of stress hormones that go through the body. And what they find with the 7-Eleven is so you breathe in and you count up to seven and then you breathe out and you count to 11. So the breath out is longer. And by putting people on MRI scans and also heart monitors and blood pressure monitors, the discovery was that the parasympathetic nervous system that runs right through your body almost immediately calms down. So when I have a bit of stress, a bit of anxiety, after my heart attacks, I now and then might have had a few panic attacks. I will just find a place to sit somewhere, close my eyes and do a few 7-Eleven breaths. And within two to five to 10 breaths, I actually physically can feel my body calm down. It's very powerful. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you.